Right, ba- based on what I'm reading here, I think we should go on holiday to it. So uh, it just says here, once you walk into this captivating almost 42-year-old village, you'll be greeted by Popeye the Sailor Man and his friends, who will be your hosts and entertaining you all through your visit. Well, so they have trapped Popeye and the other characters on the set of the film. Yeah, it sounds like it. You would think a film set would be too flimsy a base to like move into. Like They're only the fronts of houses. They're not houses. No, I think they built the whole things. It had an astonishingly large budget, that Popeye live-action film from 1980. (laughs) Oh, there's a map. There's there's like a little play area at the top, and then you can go down into the village, and and there's, yeah, all the stuff. Imagine going on, like, Zoopla, and you're trying to find out kind of what your budget could stretch to. You know, you're trying to find a house on Malta, and it's like... Why don't you move into Popeye's house? <laughs> <laughs> we should do EWS live there once each year. Oh my god! Alice can be Bluto, you can be Popeye, and I'll be. Um, wasn't there like a weird little alien with a helmet? It might have been a hallucination. The, I don't think in the film there may have been in the cartoon. Oh yeah, but this, we're talking about the Popeye extended universe here. <laughs> oh right, yeah. I am what I am. Listener to this, the electronic wireless show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. And this week is episode 186, and we're talking about the best writing in games. That's right, we're going macro again. Uh, Vague. Next week, graphics. Yeah, there you go. Best replayability. Well, I thought we probably talked about writing before, but not for a while. And new games come out, you know, maybe we'll have some new thoughts. I'm joined this week by. Gorillian Wordsworth. I wandered lonely as a gorilla right. that floats on high over veils and chillers. A gorilla's lonely? Uh, yeah, don't, well... Can don't be. they live in big family groups? Yeah, well, sometimes the dudes go off to find themselves. They've go got back, quite sad in. eyes, gorillas. They do. That's why I hate seeing gorillas in zoos, because you're sort of like... <laughs> I thought you were about to say, that's why I hate gorillas. <laughs> I hate gorillas, because... Miserable <laughs> Cheer up, you big grey gits. <laughs> but but like I I find the great apes. When you look at a great ape in a zoo, it look it it knows it's in a zoo. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, chimps I'm... chimps just got like the ecstasy of like prison for a madman. <laughs> You know, you see, like yeah. uh, like that film I talked about last week with all the beasting, people who just love being in prison and, like, stabbing each other, and, like, they find their true selves there. That's chimps, <laughs> all chimps. Uh, and also, this is very exciting, and I'm sure you'll have some thoughts on the great apes. We're joined by Charles Dickens. Hello. Were you friends with Darwin, or am I making that up? No, they, uh, they, they were just in the same century and had similar beards. Yeah, who knows? I, <laughs> I haven't done enough research. How are you, Charles Dickens? Oh, fine, thanks. I don't really have an extended bit. I just wrote Charles Dickens before we started. <laughs> this isn't you... even a bit that you'd have to do that much work for. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even open the Wikipedia page. Please, sir, I'd like some more information on myself. <laughs> well, Charles Dickens. Uh, first of all, I'd like to address patter theft because it it was it came up on last week's show, and it has now come up again for you. The ghost mm. of banter's past. <laughs> Yikes! Someone very clearly ripped off Blorco. Do you want to explain it? How did you feel uh, when you saw it? Well, you know, someone someone tweeted at me. So for those those not in the know of this very exciting saga, I wrote a tweet when Spider-Man came out about the shit 
uh, post credit scenes in Marvel films where you sit through the credits and then a guy steps through the door and says, it's me, Blorco. It had a moderate level of success. 100,000 likes, which for me was like big news. Most successful tweet I've ever done by a, by a distance. And then when Doctor Strange came out, someone sent me a thing saying, oh, someone's done this with Skippy McDippy instead of Blorco. And I was like, oh, that's naff. But, you know, obviously people that's are going to do that. Clearly an American. Yeah. Skippy McDippy, McDippy inherently yeah. less funny. Yeah, well, it had a little bit of McBoat face in as well. Like, people who think sticking muck on stuff instantly makes it a joke, but it isn't true. Um, <laughs> it might have been for a bit in about 2002, but, you know, we are notably two decades on from that point. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. And, uh, but then I looked it up and this tweet is, it's got, like, when I last looked, it had like half a million likes. It has so massively, totally eclipsed Blorco that now Blorco is yesterday's news, which I imagine is how, like, when I did Blorco, I had lots of people going, oh, this is actually, you're just ripping off this Star Wars one that happened, like, a year ago. And I was like, oh, well, you know, deal with it. So now I have to deal with it as Blorco's no, the, yesterday's news. I feel like... Is, um, like- the Star Wars joke is a similar starting premise, which is that all the characters have ridiculous names and the universe is too large. But it, the form of the joke was very different. And I think yes. it was obvious that you had never seen it. Skippy McDippy is like when a website scrapes another website and runs it through like a thesaurus. It is yeah. clearly someone read Blorco. It's also like it, it didn't have the structure of it's me. It was just like it was I'm which isn't as, I can't tell you why, but it just isn't as funny as it's, it's not me, funny. comma, uh, Blorco. Like, yeah. And I think the secret was that they did it as like a caption on a picture of just some guy watching a film. And I don't know if people just, people are generally sort of simple and like visual aids. So maybe that's why it did much better than mine. Mine was too highbrow because it was only words, is what I'm saying. I'll tell you, no, I'll tell you what it was, is that yours was funny and therefore was not going to play well in North America. Because I'm sorry, I know the majority of our listeners... Uh, I'm sorry, Matt. I'm really cross about this. I know the majority of our listeners are North American, but... And we're going to burn that whole demographic <laughs> just because we're so cross. The vast majority of you are not as funny as Matthew Castle as a nation. <laughs> so. so there. So, yeah. that's. Well, I'm glad that's the conclusion we've reached, but... Um, Only a silver nation so come up with Skippy McDippy. You know? It's yeah. so desperate for your approval. But, you know, there, there is good news here. Because you know those bloody freeloaders, chances, fly-by-nights who were making Blorco shirts? Mm. They're ruined now. Yeah, if you saw the shirts, though, it wasn't that they put a lot of design work into them. I imagine they could make a It's Me or I'm Skippy McDippy as fast as they made the <laughs> It's Me Blorco. I think why It's um... Me Blorco was better, right, rather than I'm... It's because, like, the whole annoying thing about them is about those post-credit moments. There's no intrinsic artistic merit in them, right? It's just a moment of recognition of a character you've heard of. Yeah. And, like, it's, the, it's, it's me is, like, even more spoon-fed, you know? It, like, it's, it's funny because Blorco is assuming that you already know who he is. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Whereas, whereas Skippy McDippy is introducing himself to you. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad that we were able to do this deep dive into one my tweet was better. <laughs> it's becoming like the secondary theme of the podcast, and I, for one, am all about that. I think that's great. Yeah. I apologise uh, to the listeners who hate Blorco, which I know is a few people. <laughs> <laughs> who? Who has said that? I've had a few sniffy tweets in the past about Blorco. What, from like, podcast? Oh, don't go on about that. <laughs> they'll, they'll get what they're given. <laughs> Please, sir, I'd, I'd like, like some more. Blorco. Some more. <laughs> I'd like some more. Blorco. Uh... I, I did like Tim. I know we shout out Tim all the time. I shout out Tim all the time, but Tim made me aware that you can get Spanish t shirts in Spanish that say, Yo soy Blorco. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is very funny. That's amazing. Um, in a word cloud for this podcast, Blorco would be the biggest word, and the second biggest word would be Tim. Blorco's getting bigger, lurking. isn't it? Oh, eggs. Eggs. <laughs> Blorco eggs, Tim. And lies <laughs> would also appear quite a lot. Video games would just be like <laughs> one of the tiny ones that fills a gap. Like yeah, be... just beneath Alabaster Titan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
We've not heard from Titan in a while, actually. I hope he's uh, enduring. Well, he Titan Alabas Titan will live forever in several video games now. So it's true. We have ensured his immortality. Alabaster Titan will live longer than any of us. I'm just waiting for the next Titanfall 2 skin to be called Blorco. If it's Skippy McDippy, I'm going to be absolutely livid. I will take that as a personal slight and we'll campaign so hard (laughs) against... Oh, sorry, Apex Legends, not Titanfall 2. Yeah. No, they they won't do that to us. The Alabaster Titan will live forever unless the Eight Plagues servers ever get wiped. But um, we pray that day never comes. So it'll outlive us for sure. We've got we've got that in state of decay too, so we've got two chances. Be fine. <laughs> so Nate, how are you? <laughs> now we've got the important block news out of the way. Uh pretty blocked. Yeah, I'm good. Not a huge amount to report uh, from this neck of the woods, really. It's been um, it's just been pleasant. I'm enjoying the blue sky. I'm looking at it right now. Lovely. Well, I have something. You know, as listeners will know, that I live in Ireland now, and this weekend just gone on Saturday, we went to a uh, first communion party for a boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. Um, My partner's niece and nephew had their first communion. They will have not been to mass before and will not go to mass since. It's it's kind of like out of habit, I guess. But it was, A, it's a racket because each of them get uh, cards from every adult who attends the party uh, with between, I think, average 20 to 50 euro. Oh, wow. So... Yeah, one of them was counting her money at the end of the night and she made 650 quid. Oh, amazing. Um, so it's I a shakedown. Yeah. Wicked. But also, God wanted me to have this PlayStation 5. Also, yeah, one of the best kind of weekend barbecue type parties you'd ever go to because it, it it's sort of like the equivalent of maybe like a 40th wedding anniversary or something. So there's like cakes, uh, they had like free food, like, you know, like hot food, like mash chips uh chicken wings and and sausages and then curry and stroganoff and stuff and then like an ice cream van turned up at about six o'clock to do ice creams and pancakes all free to uh, point of use to me you know there was a bouncy castle it was great was it a good christian bouncy castle well it was So they had two inflatable things. They had a bouncy castle and then they had one of those things where you can strap a bungee cord to yourself and then run along it and get yoinked backwards. And apparently the guy who brought the bouncy castle was different to the the yoink machine. Uh, And he saw that and was like, oh, where'd you get that from? Uh, And then uh, spent about five minutes describing ways that children had been grievously wounded and had like their backs and and stuff broken on his competitor's uh, inflatable fun machine. There's a certain like genre of people who really love like grim injury anecdotes and keep a trove of them. Have you noticed that? Yes, like, that is a type of human. <laughs> but no, it was really good. I've decided Catholicism is great now. And oh, nice! Uh, there we you go. get six hundred fifty quid just for like signing up. Yeah, I don't think I would though. If I even if I signed up, no, it's too late in life now. But uh, no, it was good. And also, there were loads of kids there who were who were a lot of fun. But one. One of my partner's nephews is that brand of two-year-old who is like very charismatic and great fun, but also just like a prick. Do you know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So like, like I was eating a chocolate Rice Krispie cake next to a plate of vacant Rice Krispie cakes. And he came up and was like, cake. And I was like, yeah, cake. And he went, my cake. <laughs> And I said, no, this is my one. I'm eating this one. Do you want, look, there are these ones here. Uh, and then he started crying because I would not give him the one I was eating. I see. Tally had a much more charming way of doing that. She would just sort of sidle up to you while you were eating something and just like politely inform you, Tally's turn. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was good. Slightly sinister. But the, like this kid, he's, he's amazing. Like we went to... You know, go talk to him and make sure he wasn't going to fling himself off a wall or anything. And he was just hanging out. Uh, and my partner put his cup of tea down on the wall. Uh, and this kid grabbed the tea and went, ah, and then like chucked it. <laughs> like em- it emptied sound the mug very of tea. Charismatic. <laughs> it just sounds horrible. like he coughs like a devil with steel. <laughs> you, you said he was. You said he was deeply charismatic. No, but he is. <laughs> and then he turned to us and looked and had this little grin in his face. And because like when he does something, he knows he's naughty. He he'll go. Ah, he has like a little evil laugh. Looked at us, delighted that he'd emptied the mug of tea everywhere. And then when we were like, "Bro, what the fuck?" 
he then started crying again and flung himself on the floor <laughs> because he was not praised. For... But then he delivered a really impassioned speech on workers' rights, thus regaining his charisma. Yeah. yeah. No, he's, I can't explain it. He's really, well, it's because he can talk a lot for a two-year-old. So he's really kind of charming. And you sort of be like, you're like, oh, you scamp. But like, absolutely a prick. Oh, well, I hope wow. you don't what, what a character assassination of a child. I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you Destroyed. what, I hope, he's, I hope he's not a paid-up supporter of RPS. Because you just lost, you just lost that subscription. He loves the night files. <laughs> yeah. Files. Oh, which reminds me. Yeah, I will. Now that I've got everything back, I'll be able to upload the night files this week. So I will do that. Apologies to everyone for the delay, but now I have everything I need. So that's good. Get ready um, to learn. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why I said that like Brian Blessed. But yeah, that was that was took up the whole weekend basically because we stayed over and then ate cold curry and cake for breakfast the next day. It was brilliant. I mm. I, I want to have a party of some description like that. Well, if we go on holiday to the Popeye Village, maybe they'll let us have have a little party. Just maybe blue toe the night away. Yeah, I really want to go to Popeye Village now. I'm kind of bummed that it's not not going to happen. Well, it could <laughs> one day. Maybe one of our listeners like owns it, and like there's going to be a magical coincidence now where like we get golden tickets in the post. Yeah, where Popeye like takes us on a tour around the village, and we have various sort of moral pitfalls that can result in sort of gruesome oh. deaths for us. I've read too many golden era crime novels not to accept a, a mysterious invitation to a Popeye village. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what would happen if our lives were being written by a, a good writer, isn't it? Uh, oh, hello. That was such a... <laughs> that uh, was, that's, that's the noise yes. you make if... if if a child came up to you and was like, Matthew, I've done a drawing of you. And you, yeah. and you, went, and you went, oh. <laughs> mm, yes, it's very green. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need pity approval from you, Matthew Gus. <laughs> that was Charles Dickens speaking. <laughs> okay. Yeah, this week we're talking about the best writing in games, which is quite a broad, a broad remit. I feel. Um, That's a big one, Alice. Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, because we've been doing like little, little, small, zoomed in ones for quite a while. So why not go big? Going big, baby. Go big or go home. Go big or go Blorco. So <laughs> go Blorco. That's what they used to say anyway. <sighs> this partly inspired because um, we have been doing a series where we look back at. Uh, old game of the years that were handed out by RPS of your, I say your, I think the first one was like 2007. That was the first best is best. <laughs> uh, and the first one was Portal, which is great, great racing, great racing. So good. It's, I was playing it and if anything, it's only got better with time. It still works so well. Nothing about it has, has aged out. The it cake is up. a lie. <laughs> but we see, like, <laughs> but that's but that's not the game. That's no. that's idiots running. That's Skippy McDippy, right? <laughs> that guy thinks the cake is a lie is really funny. And in context, the cake is a lie stuff, or like the cake stuff in the game, is really good. And I wasn't even annoyed by remembering the jesters who ran that into the ground on the internet. It's so good. There are some really, really amazing things in Portal. And I, like, Have you got like a fave line? The one that really made me laugh. It made me laugh so hard that I, do you know when you laugh and you sort of bring your knees up? Uh, and I, I did that so hard that I, I sort of smashed my knees into my desk uh, and then had I to go that for was a little just walk. Like cockneys when they enjoy themselves. And me, or people who die in fires, don't you kind of go fetal if you get burnt alive? Sure. Uh, wow, that, anyway. that really took a swerve. Sorry, yeah. I've, been, I've been reading a book about that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's on my mind a lot at the moment. I, yeah, fair. There's a bit where GLaDOS says um, you can donate your organs to the uh, Aperture Science Self-Esteem for Girls Fund or something similar to that. And it made me absolutely roar with laughter. Just like 
yet like corporations still have that kind of stuff you know it mm. just yeah felt- that's true that's like the sort of token pride stuff and things isn't it yeah it just made me laugh so much that because it's still just it's still relevant as hell god damn it it's just so good and the way she gets glados as she gets more kind of evil and sort of more personal and more human she switches from saying we to i and things like that it's just so good oh it's the little things isn't it yeah it's amazing i I challenge anyone to find any games full stop but a, a just better than Portal because it's so good. What are you saying? It's the best game ever. Possibly. <laughs> that's. I mean, that's quite the atomic bomb to drop. Crikey! It's a little bit put boxes on switches, isn't it? Oh, mate, come on! <laughs> don't don't do this. Yeah, it is though, isn't it? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> like I'd enjoy Portal more as a short story than as a game. There you go. I don't know if it would work as well as a short story because the interaction and and that kind of stuff is a really sort of big part. Uh, anyway. How do you feel about Whether Portal not, 2? Oh, I, don't, I do like Portal 2. I don't think it's don't think it's quite as good, but the writing is still really, really good. Mm. Really good stuff. I like and it's, got, it's got old, um, what's his chops in it? J.K. Simmons is the, isn't he the kind of boss of, of Aperture in it? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think he's in good. it a little bit in the first one, but I can't remember. Oh, no, he's not, is he? Because it's only Glad. He's in them. Um, uh, uh, Catherine's got a Steam Deck now, and she was playing. They made like a they made like a, a little game to sort of show off Steam Deck. It's like a, I assume, a Steam Deck exclusive. And it's like. It's not. Uh, it's not. Because yeah, I played it after she just desk job. job. Yeah, that's it. Um, and that's got J.K. Simmons in that as well. I it's, heard it's really heard good. It. Yeah, it looked it look neat. It's a really good little half hour, just kind of demo of, of Steam Deck tech, basically to get you, you know teach you how to use a Steam Deck. But you can play it on PC. I believe it's free, and I recommend everyone give it a go because it's just like you play it and you're like, oh, I wish Valve just made video games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is the Steam Deck good? Sorry to ask a like actually very sensitive yeah, video it's a little, game question. Um, it's like surprisingly plasticky. Like, I, I don't think it in itself is a particularly nice thing in the way that Valve isn't Apple, and I don't really think that's something they particularly, like, value or go after. You know, they're not about, like, super gorgeous, like, in, you know, industrial design. But, yeah, it seems all right. It doesn't seem as, like, massive when you've got it. Like, you know, it, it seems sort of acceptable. It looks ridiculous in the shots, but it is it is quite plasticky, is my an initial reaction. I've held it for five minutes. That's my take. <laughs> How big is it compared to, say, like a cat? A cat. Well, it really depends because our cats are much smaller than Turkey Boy, say. I th- no, I thought true. you were going to say something sensible, like something you would hold, you know, like. I hold uh, a cat at either end like I would a steam deck. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I carry our cats around. All right, okay, yeah, sorry. Is this why your cats don't like you? <laughs> oh, that might explain it. <laughs> I but hold them like, like a, s- a little furry accordion. For a, Waggle for their s- noses to try and make characters fight. So I can hear what I'll try and make J.K. Simmons come out of it, but it doesn't doesn't happen. <laughs> which which end? <laughs> either I'd settle for either, to be honest. <laughs> J.K. Simmons just like being conjured from a cat's bum hole. <laughs> it's a chilling image. <gasps> piped, piped from the bum hole. <laughs> and then there will be loads of those videos from like the dodo on Facebook, and it'll be like this cat's bum hole sounds like a famous <laughs> Hollywood actor. <laughs> and like the jaunty music, little animated like surprise wows as J.K. Simmons' voice comes out of the bum hole. Not my temple. <laughs> good, good. That see, I don't know if that would make it into a, a portal game. That little, that little vignette we just did. Yeah, no, I think it's it's he was good enough. No. Um, all right. Well, I've nailed my flag to the to the valve masts there. Uh, so I, I'm I'm going to throw in actually kind of game I don't do that often, but uh, I just love this game. Uh, the frog, well, the frog detective games. Ah, uh, yeah. Because they are there's so little to them, but there's so much to what is there. They're incredibly simple writing, and you know a child can understand it and. Honestly, there are no jokes that would really fly above a child's head. And yet, it's all you know, really charming, but more importantly, really funny. 
It's just really like good. I was going to say pure humor, but not in the sense of like wholesome. Hmm. Uh, it, it is, but it it's it's more just the jokes are just really good jokes. There's an awful lot of stating the obvious in a very dry way that has a faint absurdity to it. Yeah, things like fraud detective just stopping on the way out of his office and saying, I will have to go back for my magnifying glass. How will I solve mysteries without my magnifying glass? <laughs> you know, it's nothing like really crazy or, or complicated. Everything's just amusingly stated. I really, a sort of broader genre of humour I quite like. like it's, I know, quite, it's a little bit like weird Twitter. Yeah. And it, have you seen a lot of staff let's flats? Yeah, yeah. So I know that's like really Marmite for people. Some people can't stand it and other people like me love it. But the thing for me about that is, again, there's not many gags in it. It's just everything's slightly unusually said. Yeah. There's just slightly (laughs) odd word choices and just lines of dialogue that don't really need to be there, but you're really glad they they are. I just, yeah, I love that kind of writing and Fraud Detective is bunged full of it. Reminds me a little bit of the, a game I played recently and I wrote about for TFI Friday called Soccer Boss, which is a soccer band game, but you are a little ancient Greek hero whose job is to build a temple by yourself for the glory of Zeus and the gods. And so you push the bits of statue and stuff around until they're in the right place. But the start What's a of it, soccer band game? Sorry, forgive me. That's where you're pushing boxes around. It's a, a kind of Japanese uh, puzzle game where you push boxes around to fit into a, a warehouse. Like you move them from one side to the other. And they're all sort of different shapes, maybe slightly tetrisy, so you can get stuck easily and things. The start of Soccer Bus has just a tiny, like it's 2D and, the, you know, it, it's sort of 8-bit almost. And your little dude is just like a, a, a little square, you know, ancient Greek dude. And... The opening cutscene is his wife being like, "Oh, thank God you're home," and he and she's like, "Can you can you come back now?" And and then, <laughs> and then it just there's a pause, and then this little guy goes bloop bloop bloop, like stands on like he and, and what is happening is he's walking to the edge of a cliff, and and staring out, you know, feeling the weight of of portent and great expectation in this vow that he's made, and it's so funny that like. <clears throat> I can't explain to you how funny it is because this game, it's 2D top down. It has no kind of big graphical, you know, advances or anything. And yet you can exactly know what is happening and that this tiny little square dude is like, I can't admit it, you know, admit it. It's the power of understatement again, isn't it? It's so good. Yeah. Eat that, Skippy McDippy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so angry about that stuff. <laughs> I've been I've been replaying Yakuza like a dragon, the sort of the JRPG uh-huh. Yakuza game. And I think I like for me they're just some of the funniest games around. And I'm always trying to work out like what it is, you know, that I mean obviously the the content of them is completely daft, but I think there's something about the fact that a lot of it like isn't voiced like i think if they had to sell some of the concepts with an actor it might actually sort of struggle a bit and there's something about the kind of understated nature of the text and like the font and the beep of the text it's so cold and yet Mm. what it's kind of saying is so ridiculous that it kind of really heightens how funny it is and we've done a few cavern of lies about the ridiculous side quests in these games and just how ludicrous they are but there was a series of submissions in Like a Dragon, which I hadn't played originally, about this. <laughs> there's like a circus set up in this park, and there's yeah. this like ringmaster. There's this ringmaster, and, and and so funny thing number one is that in the world of Yakuza, like whatever you are, you dress as like the most cliched version of that. So like he's in the middle of a park, he's got a proper like long ringmaster's coat and a top hat and a big curly moustache. He's like the most stereotypical ringmaster. It's like no level of thought has gone into it beyond like just the broadest ringmaster possible, yeah. which is part of the appeal. And every time you go and see him, he's got an animal in a cage behind him who's like one of the <laughs> stars of his show. And in the course of talking to him, 
the animal escapes and you then have to fight the animal. And yeah, okay. it, 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 so it, it's got this, there's three of these in succession. And so there's the comedy of it happening over and over. And every single time he's added a more elaborate lock to the cage. So he's like, don't <laughs> worry, it's not going to happen again. I've added this really elaborate lock. And then you'll see like a very um, obvious kind of like tiger's tail kind of swift past, you know, s- slip past him in the background as the tiger is clearly leaving the cage. But the th- the third and final one, you fight a bear and then a tiger. And before you talk to him a third time, you see this other vignette about 20 meters away from him. There's a guy that's like a guy with a digger. And he says, I'm going to I'm going on my rest break. Whatever happens, nobody touch this digger. And oh, then you go and talk to this ringmaster. And he's got this chimp in the cage. <laughs> And he does this whole talk about how, like, the chimp will never escape. The lock is unbreakable. Lo and behold, he turns around. The chimp's not in the cage. And you then chase this chimp, and it stops opposite the digger. It dabs. (laughs) (laughs) And it basically jumps. But the animation is so crap. Because it just, like, slides in a diagonal across the screen. It's like a static model. There's, like, no animation in it whatsoever. And sort of, sort of flies into this digger, and then you have to fight this 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 chimp in a digger. Um, <laughs> but... okay, oh, sorry, are we in the Cavern of Lies right now? No. This is incredible. Uh, but it's... <laughs> the sort of punchline to it all is you smash it up, and the chimp goes back to his cage. And then the guy comes back from his rest break and everyone's really cross with him. These diggers on fire and they're like, new guy, I can't believe you've done this. And it's so dumb and none of it should work. But for like the three minutes I was playing it, I was like, this is probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I just think something about those games, I don't know if it's just how sort of straight the translation is. Like it's it's like not playing it for laughs, even though it's incredibly funny. It's It's very content being quite dry about what's going on but that those for me are just like some of the some of the best written games around those and they're sublimely silly is it a series that like started off really serious but then they realized the kind of absurdity and lent into it or yeah i mean my memory of playing like the very first accuser on playstation 2 was it was quite serious you know it's all like the the main storylines are often quite serious you know they're like these big criminal conspiracies and it's matters of like honor and family loyalty and the stakes are high and blood brothers are going to turn against one another and all this kind of stuff yeah it's definitely the sub stories where the really daft stuff happens and i don't know when that starts like filtering in or they really lean into it it's kind of hard to judge now because they remade one and two as yakuza kiwami and uh, kiwami 2 and they added a lot of like silly sub stories to them. So like now the whole series is this quite coherent saga f- packed full of jokes. But I don't know if that was originally the intent. Maybe someone who played it more would would remember. But um, yeah, they're just they've just got a really good sense of you know. It's like they've got all these character models, and someone's just looked at like what are assets available to us, and like what nonsense can we build out of this without having to make something else like bespoke and you know they've got like a chimp or whatever and they're like oh well and you fight a digger somewhere else in the game so they're like oh how about we engineer the chimp getting in the digger and you're like yeah this is gold you know well why did they have the chimp it's a circus oh right no actually well that that's the chimp the chimp actually probably is a bespoke thing but the other animals like the tiger you fight as a boss like you right. there's, a, there's a in the story you go through this um like chinatown kind of headquarters and then a guy releases his pet tiger on you. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find a, a picture of the chimp, but I'm, it's coming up empty so far. They've all got really. It- all the animals have got like quite cute girls' names as well. So, and he, he's like, when this tiger gets out, he's like, I think the bear is actually called Catherine. And he's like Catherine Chan. <laughs> do, you, do you shout that at your wife now? No. Of course not. I would never do that. Um, <laughs> the other time funny she thing escapes I, from the circus. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing about Yakuza, which isn't really a writing thing. I mean, admittedly, a lot of this was also on the art side of things, but it's only got like it's got like five pieces of music that it plays in the sub stories, and which piece it uses is almost like part of the joke itself because it's got this sort of um, they're almost like sitcom stings. There's like a da 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 da. 
which is kind of like, well, that was funny, wasn't it? And then there's like a sad, like emotional resolution where it's like, da, 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 da. And like, which one of those it chooses to end the sub story on is often as funny as the thing itself. So it's like, <laughs> like you may think it was a comedy story, but actually they're like, no, the ringmaster being reunited with the chimp is romantic. So let's play like the romantic sting or let's play like, the badass tune or whatever and which one plays i i don't know, i just really look forward to seeing like how they've used all the parts in each bit of the game it's interesting because I, I everyone i know really likes yakuza but i have not ever myself played it same like we talk about it every other week and i think all the oh, time yeah, go get me some yakuza and yet <laughs> there's, in, in yakuza zero there's a side mission where you have to there's this film director in town who's clearly Steven Spielberg. Like, the character model really looks like him, but he's called, like, <laughs> Sidney Scheinberg or something. And he's um, he's trying to film this film with Michael Jackson, oh, but he's, he's called Magic. Magic Jackson, I think, is his name in the game. And you have to, like, protect him from zombies who are trying to attack Magic Jackson and so that you can impress this Steven Spielberg character. But just the fact that they've got this guy who's so obviously him, but just with a tiny name difference, is <laughs> also very funny to me. Good uh, games. What about, I was going to I was gonna suggest a, a, a slightly more recent game, Hades. I think Hades has great rating. Uh, oh, in yeah, the way that it, it? In the way that it kind of does good... What is it when the story is told through how you play the game? I can't remember the name for it. Uh, I can't remember. Le- Learny Goey writing. Yeah, there you That's go. It. It's so good because it doesn't. Get, you don't have like big cutscenes or big walls of texts about stuff. You sort of learn so much. So much of the story is told through the way things look and the way characters fight, and and just it's so good. Really, it's really quite well a, a feat of programming as well because. I imagine like the number of like nested conditional variables for like when to say what things mm. must have been a real labyrinth and like it would really mess it up if people said things at the wrong time. Yeah, very impressive mm. technically. Yeah. I like that you that, get to like I- meet all the bo- like some of the bosses kind of hang out in that sort of hub area. And yeah. it's almost like a breather between like runs and you, it's almost like you meet the cast that you're going to be fighting and they've got stuff to say and it's kind of what goes on off scene in a video game or something. It's really cool. Yeah, it's like really the green cool. room in a way, isn't yeah, it? That's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. And it, <laughs> what's, what's the opposite of ludonarrative dissonance? Do you remember Ludo Narrative Dissonance? I did a good... Ludo Narrative Harmony? <laughs> that, yeah, it's probably that. Ludo got... Narrative Lols. Yeah, I had a good bit of ludonarrative dissonance the other day actually because I finished Ghostwire Tokyo and there's a bit near the end where you're you're just walking through the main character's memories of like a tragic thing that happened and there's a bit where you walk down like a really long set of stairs and it's all dark and stuff and the character says out loud, you know, oh man, these are so long and, you know, do I have to go down or something? While he said that, I was sprinting down them as him because... They didn't disable the sprint button. I wanted to get down the stairs. There is there is a lot of laughs to be had in just charging in and doing something while the character's meant to be deliberating. I always enjoy that. Hamlet would be cleared up really quickly if, while he was doing his speech about not wanting to kill his uncle, he was losing a gun. A and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I think uh, Hades has great Ludo narrative harmony. Mm. There you um, blooming go. Nah. Mm. Uh, ah. Right, here's and- a little question for you. Can either of you suggest a game which is like you think the writing would be just as good if there were no images on screen and you had like some other way of knowing what was going on? Because like a lot of the stuff we've described relies, you know, it, it, it works yeah. with the stuff going on on the telly. Um. Well, I would suggest Inkle do really, really great stories. Then I think a lot of them you could do as like like 80 Days. Outstanding. And 80 Days has very little visual bump attached to it. Really, if you haven't played 80 Days, let's know. It's a really, really lovely little game about doing the around the world in 80 Days. Fabulous writing. Really, mm. really great. Um, and Heaven's Vault as well that Inkle did. Well, he is- wrote it up as a book afterwards, didn't he? Yeah. I was going to say, I think Catherine said she'd got some. Like, Yeah, she really rated it, actually. Really great story. Really interesting. And then the, the translation stuff you were doing as the game was 
really great. They made up this whole language that it's sort of almost pict- pictographic. Is that the word? But yeah, Ingle stuff, really good. And I think would translate well, yeah. Yeah, I guess quite a lot of like visual novels, I mean, by default are kind of novels which they then layer on kind of interesting background visuals or some music to sort of set the atmosphere. But if the writing's not much cop, they don't really work. I don't know if you could just print it out a visual novel if it would be a particularly riveting read because they're paced slightly differently for yeah, reading true. on screen or whatever. But I really rated – again, I don't know if this one – this one probably wouldn't be as good without without the visuals, but I, there's a visual novel called 428 Shibuya Scramble, which is about like the crisscrossing fates of these sort of five – kind of weirdos i guess around sort of shibuya on this very hectic day where someone's been kidnapped and you play like a policeman a kind of street punk who's drawn into it there's a really good character in it who's like a freelance journalist who his whole storyline revolves around the fact that his one of his old buddies like news his sort of gossip rag has gone under um, unless he can print like one incredible issue in the next 12 hours. So he's got like 12 hours to find like a magazine's <laughs> worth of gossip um, sort okay. of around the other characters. It's just, it's so funny because it's like, you know, he, the way he interacts with the other storylines is really clever, but also like the idea of this just really harangued freelance writer as like game protagonist I really liked. That's really, really fun. But the the kind of gimmick there is that on top of like the amazing, right, it is really well written and it's more of a structural cleverness i'd say like then you know the actual words are quite sort of functional but like structurally it's brilliant it's instead of like you know computer graphics and and art it's photographs of like actors sort of playing out all the scenes so it's got it's got huge energy of those like photo diaries sort of agony aunt diaries in the newspapers oh god amazing it's very like dear deirdre kind of style you know but uh, yeah but it's all sort of filmed around shabir so that there's like a tourism element as well because like they're shooting it in all these like interesting looking cafes and shopping centers and the famous crossing and everything that game is really really good i think it's like like a, this sort of narrative triumph that seems not underrated because people who play it really rate it but like it's just very underplayed i think yeah i'd never heard of that it sounds great yeah, yeah it's it's uh, yeah it's just it's really one of the other character one of the other characters is got trapped inside this mascot suit so they're just like this sort of giant are they a bear or a dog i think it's a bear and they've they're in this mascot suit trying to sell this like dodgy energy drink to old ladies and it's all about it's basically about their quest to a sell these energy drinks and also get out of the suit because there's i think they're like amnesiac inside the suit and she's trying to remember like like an anxiety dream (laughs) yeah it's pretty hectic what about you nate is there anything you think is would be as good divorced from the sort of visual gameyness. Yeah, I'm going to give a very Nate answer, but it is legit. The 40k strategy game Mechanicus is actually some of the best 40k writing uh, I've seen, which and it stands out as well because like GW Games Workshop licensed games have got a less earned these days reputation for being kind of slapdash, you know, and and not massively sort of polished or full of love. But that game just the the dialogue in it was really interesting, really entertaining, very very accurate to the setting. It wasn't written by someone I know as well, so I'm not just uh, blowing smoke up a mate's bum. But yeah, I really, <laughs> I've I've actually gone back to it, you know it's it, it's a pretty good like XCOM type game, but I've gone back to play it purely on the basis of the writing a couple of times, and that is a busman's holiday for me, so it must be good. <laughs> We should probably head into the cavern, actually, thinking about it. Unless there's anything else anyone's burning to to give a shout-out to. Nah, live for the cavern. Oh, well, we'll see. The cavern of lies. I right, greet it's a Matthew you. cavern. Yeah, I, greet, I yeah. greet you to my cavern, but I greet you with a quick shh. Because yeah. we're in a library. Yeah, so I, I need to keep it down because there's other people trying to read books. Um, this is very detailed. <laughs> That's insane. Well, this is very unfortunate. My character has walked in with a ghetto blaster oh, from the God. 80s. Well, yeah. Playing uh, Tears for Fears. Well, that's we don't have the license to play that song on the podcast, so that's good. Oh, well, we're saved. Phew. 
I've got um, I've got I've got obviously got a lot of books here, but I've I'm, I'm building a um, I'm building a section of of books, uh, real world books about video games, like autobiographies and the makings of video games that you can buy as as real world books. But some some um, a, a chimp has escaped from a circus and has slipped two fake books into my book collection, and if we give out fake books. I'll have my library license taken away. I'm <laughs> <the> rubbish. <laughs> Classic chimp move. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I need you to help me unsabotage my my library by identifying uh, two books from five that are not, in fact, real books you can buy about Ooh. famous video game personalities, and Ooh, I should okay. say, not so famous video game personalities. All right. Okay. Okay. This is good. Brilliant. Okay. okay. Bloody dokey, yeah. Yeah. I, I should I should add, I don't think all of these are out. So if you've not heard of them, some of them are still due out. Oh right, okay. <laughs> but they are, they exist. So first up we have Control Freak, my epic adventure making video games by Cliff Blazinski, aka Cliffy B. Uh, of Gears of War fame, in which uh, we're promised he'll give an unvarnished all-access tour of the business. Uh, he details Epic's rise to industry leader, thanks largely to his work on best-selling franchises Unreal and Gears of War, and later okay. his input on a little game you might have heard called Fortnite, as well as his own awkward ascent from a shy, acne-riddled introvert to a sports car driving celebrity rubbing shoulders with Bill Gates. As he writes in the book, no one is weirder than a nerd with money. Interesting. Dreadfully complimentary about himself. I hope he didn't write that blurb. Well, he is dreadfully complimentary about himself. Well, that's true, actually. It comes with the territory. Dude, huge. Um, Okay, that sounds like it could be real. Next up, we have Oh No! The Rise and Fall of Cygnosis by Kim Bell. Uh, from Lemmings to Discworld, this is the Psygnosis story told by the... Is that how you pronounce it? Psygnosis? Psych- I always called it Psygnosis, but that is completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> from Lemmings to Discworld, this is the Psygnosis story told by the people who knew it best. Discover how a chance encounter with one of the Beatles changed the course of the company forever, apparently. Which, which Beatle do you know? Uh, it doesn't say. Um, Stag Beetle. Uh, well, I think I think the studio is in Liverpool, so it's probably a Liverpool thing. I don't know. Uh, it's a uh, the Guardian writes a rare first-hand account of the golden age of UK game development, told in vivid detail. Okay. Thanks, the Guardian. All right. Next up, I don't know why this one's called this, so but maybe it's a reference I've forgotten. It's called Welcome to the Bone Factory. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's such a weird phrase. Welcome to the Bone Factory. I'm writing uh, this down. Welcome. This is uh, this is the autobiography of Peter Chan, an artist from LucasArts. Uh, Peter Chan offers a roller coaster trip through the golden years of LucasArts and his career beyond, uh, from his work on Monkey Island to LeChuck's Revenge, Day of the Tentacle, Full Throttle, and Grim Fandango. Uh, to concept work on Tim Burton's scrapped comic book movie, Superman Lives. I'm, I, is Bone Factory a Grim Fandango thing? Maybe. Let's pretend it's not, because then it's funnier. That's That one sounds very tame and convincing. Mm, and I am suspicious of it for that reason. <laughs> All right, okay. What's number four? Uh, number four is The Dream Architects, Adventures in the Video Game Industry. This is written by David Polfeld who was the managing director of Ubisoft's Massive Entertainment, uh, which made The Division, Far Cry 3, Assassin's Creed Revelations. And it includes stories from successfully pitching an Avatar game to James Cameron um, Mm. that will digitally create all of Pandora to enduring a week-long survivalist camp in the Scandinavian forest to better understand the post-apocalyptic future of The Division. Those are some of the anecdotes contained within... Feel- oh, this week is brutally difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm i sort of leaning to believe in that one because game developers are exactly the sort of people that would refer to themselves as dream architects. So, yeah, okay. Last, we have a, a, a retro-flavoured one. We have Creating Cubert and other classic video game arcade ga- video and other classic video arcade games by Warren Davis. 
Right, um, so can you so creating? Cre- it's called creating Cubert and other classic video arcade games. Not a very creative title. That okay. sounds no, like that... stuff that comes after um, a colon, doesn't it? That is its full name. And creating Cubert mm. and other classic video arcade games. Okay, yeah. Listen, I didn't make it up. Right, so no, sorry, because I because I thought. Determined. When you first said it, I thought you said creating Cuba and other classic video car oh, games. Cubert, I was like, what? Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I thought that, that, that it must be Cubert. Yeah. Um, Warren Davis takes you inside the video arcade game industry during the pivotal decades of the 1980s and 1990s. He was the creator of the groundbreaking Cubert, uh, worked as a member on the creative teams who developed some of the most popular video games of all time, including Joust 2, Mortal Kombat, NBA Jam, and Revolution X. He gives us the inside scoop on what it was like to film the rock and roll Hall of Fame band Aerosmith for Revolution X. Uh, His memoir provides a backstage tour of the arcade and video game industry during its most definitive and influential period. Okay. Whoa. All right. Five killer books. I'm feeling really anxious about this. I've got no no clues yet. First of all, Matthew, yeah, I think... Uh, a toast to you. This is an extremely good cavern, uh, and this is going to be very tough. And I'm I, honestly, I don't know if we'll be able to do it. But <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. we shall see. Could this comeback be a uh, comeback? Be back on? Oh, whatever. So you know, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh god. There, there it all goes. Please, okay. no drum kits in the library. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So first of all. <laughs> I think Control Freak by Cliffy B is definitely real. Mm-hmm. It sounds legit. I'm not discussing it with you, Matthew. You made these up. I'm... That, that's the only one that's actually giving me potential fake vibes. No, it's a hunt. I that's the so one I'm most the one I'm most sure about being real because he. No offense, Cliffy B, if you are listening, but he can. He is the obnoxious, and and he tweets so much about his work and life and stuff that he would absolutely write a book about it as well. And yeah, but isn't, wouldn't that make him the easiest one of the lot to parody? No, I don't think Mm. Matthew has the authentic. Yeah. I don't think Matthew has the authentic. I'm an awful American game developer voice in him. Thank you. Hence Blorco and not Skippy McDiff. I'm sorry. I'm not going to keep going back to it. Um, (laughs) So that is the one I am most sure of being real. And I also think the Dream Architects is real, based on a lot of time receiving emails from from you know comms and PR people and and going to events and stuff. They Dream Architects is so something that Ubisoft's you know in house team would refer to themselves as. And mm. I, I, now the others, this is where I've I've come to the end of my road basically. <laughs> I'm um. I am clueless, so I'm just going to do some role-playing. I'm going to hunt the chimp with a net. See if I can solve this problem via an alternative means. Okay. All right, I'm on my own. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's... Yeah. I, 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 basically, I, want, I want the two cabin. fake books or one dead chimp. Okay. <laughs> can we actually do a dice roll to see if I can kill the chimp and win us the cavern? Okay. I have a dice. Okay. Well, you you know let's go to roll d20. Do you know what I think? I think the oh no one is fake because it had a guardian quote, and none of the others do. And I think you made that up to give it the kind of seal of authenticity. And I think you also did a lot of business about not knowing how to pronounce the game name, which is something that I did a few caverns ago. <laughs> oh yes, it's the smoking gun. Interesting. So I I think. I think Oh No is fake. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. That leaves you with Welcome to the Bone Factory or Creating Cuba and other classic video arcade right, games. To hell with the Bone Factory. That's ludicrous. Bone Factory's not real. It's too are funny. Sh- are you sure? Welcome to the Bone Factory. Like- it sounds like the title of weird Japanese crime novel <laughs> that Matthew has read. No, that is not true. You're going to have egg on your face. You're going to have egg. Well, you can pick whichever one you want. 
I'm ready to die. This is too difficult. Oh, that was interesting. He did a, you're going to, please don't pick that one. Actually, I don't care if you pick that one. That was, okay. Well, I don't know, because there were so many of these lads from the 80s that you could just say, oh, well, this that, is... I don't know. It sounds real. He's got that killer Aerosmith anecdote. He does have a killer Aerosmith anecdote. Oh, Matthew, this Chan is just worked so... on a failed Tim Burton Superman movie. This is so... This is awful. This is the worst moment of my life. Can I roll the dice? <laughs> well, what would you get to kill the chimp? We haven't established that. Well, I've, I've cornered it in the... Um, like It's a big reference library, and I've been going through the stacks, and I found the section on, like, Soviet agricultural management that no one goes in, and that's where the chimp's hiding out. I've got my net and a revolver with one bullet. Well, what would be a fair number out of 20? 16 or above? I think that sounds reasonable. Alice, what what do you reckon? That sounds eminently fair. So shall I roll roll a virtual D20? Trust me, I'll be honest. In the background of this, I am still looking at these books. Now I'm wavering about dream architects. See, I'm I'm buying you time, my chimp murder. You rolled a 16. Chimp's dead, baby. Well, that's great. Now I've got to get chimp blood out of my library, so that's awesome. Uh, well, you know, okay. I'm switching. Problem. I'm switching. I think creating Cuba is real. I think control freak is real. And now, I, and I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that Ono isn't. And I can't decide between the Welcome to the Bone Factory and the Dream Architects. You got to pick one. Oh, sh- <laughs> Cashes off. Chimp's dead. It's all good. <laughs> well, I'd still like to get these fake books off my shelves yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. Do you know, okay, can we just lock in, oh no, this is, oh no is fake. Can I, can I do that first? Okay, we, um, well, how do we, how do we discern this? We, we, we put it through the paper shredder, but nothing comes out the other end because it didn't exist. Oh, okay, 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 okay. So there's one oh. fake and four left. This is, oh, so which ones have we which ones are we choosing between just remind me once you're left with control frink my epic adventure making video games welcome to the bone factory the dream architect architects adventures in the video game industry or creating cubert and other classic video arcade games oh now so now i'm like maybe control freaks because you're right it would be really easy to parody cliffy b yeah that is honestly that's my ride or die Okay, all right. Everything. F- f- it. Okay, control freak is. You put control freak inside the book shredder, and out comes a pulped two hundred pages no. of genuine Ooh. Cliffy B anecdotes. No. <laughs> oh. Oh. The fake was oh. welcome to the bone factory. <laughs> oh, you. That was my first instinct and all. Of course it's fake. It's called Welcome to the Bone Factory. That's <laughs> yes, ridiculous. Oh, it smug that quick. We, let's get out of here and leave him with the corpse of a dead <laughs> chimp. Victory. Yeah, enjoy your chimp, chump. <laughs> Oi. Can't believe it. Oh, well done, Matthew. That was... Finally. That was Blog such a good... Blog goes back, baby. <laughs> Blog goes back. Uh, what a what a bomb buster of a cavern um, we should very quickly do our recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game matthew what are you going to recommend this week uh we've started watching season three of barry the very good bill hader hitman becomes an actor comedy i say comedy it's actually like surprisingly bleak but it's the balance of laughs and bleakness that makes it um so spectacularly clever so check that out there you go uh i'm going to recommend uh this is a a qualified recommendation i don't think you should get any streaming services if you don't have it on there already but we watched death on the nile uh kenneth burner's second poirot adaptation it is ridiculous. It's it's a real who's who of people you wouldn't want on a film poster uh, in 2022, and uh, he gives Poirot's moustache a tragic backstory. Uh, <laughs> it is so bad, it's good, but don't go out of your way. 
I would say. Although a very enjoyable two hours for me, I have to say. Nate. So this is, I've got two little recommendations this week. One is uh, a Netflix anime series called Therme Rome Novae, which is about a jaded Roman bath architect who travels forward through time to modern-day Japan to learn about onsens, uh, which are Japanese warm baths. <laughs> so he can... I, I mean, it's, it's like I've come up with it. Um, like, I've only just started it, but honestly, I'm going to recommend it based on the, the premise, even if it turns out to be garbage it's been recommended to me by a couple of people as well and so far it's very entertaining so yeah and i'm not even an anime man so therme rome nove yeah pretty mega amazing well thank you very much uh for listening this week to episode 186 of the electronic wireless show the best writing in games special i'm anna spell and i've been joined this week by grillian wordsworth uh, and Charles Dickens, and you can find Rock Paper Shotgun on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Just search Rock Paper Shotgun. You can email us questions, suggestions, or feedback at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, there is a link to our merch store in the show notes. There is a link to the Discord in the show notes where you can hang out and chat with Nate about frogs and things. Um, Anything you like. Yeah, and uh, for all your PC gaming news, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. But now it's goodbye from all of us here. Thank you so much. See you next week. Bye. Au revoir. Bye.